In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I begin formally, I just want to say uh, I know that these services that are um, not at our regular times are an inconvenience to everyone because it messes up your sort of typical Sunday routine. So just uh, from the bottom of your rector's heart, I just want to tell you how, how beautiful it is for me to see all of you kind of gathered together in one place, which doesn't happen all that often, and to hear all of your voices joining together uh, to worship our God and Father and to praise his Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, it's just a, it's a really beautiful thing. So thank you all for being here today. On, on occasion, every priest will have something on his mind that he would like to communicate with his parish, but the Sunday lectionary doesn't always exactly agree, doesn't play ball, so to speak. The readings point in one direction while the priest wants to go in another. Today is not one of those Sundays. In fact, Before even looking at the lectionary, I had already planned to spend some time at our quarterly meeting talking about prayer and fasting. And if you were paying attention to our readings this morning, that was sort of the driving theme, particularly prayer. Throughout the readings, and especially the theme of the parable, which we heard in our gospel reading. Sometimes, Jesus leaves us wondering what a parable might mean, but not not with this parable. Luke tells us from the start what Jesus intends by this interesting parable. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I won't spend much time this morning digging into the parable of the persistent widow, Suffice it to say that if you look for analogies within the parable, you end up making God the unjust judge, which should signal us that maybe allegorical analogies in the parables isn't the best reading strategy that we have. It might work in some parables, but certainly not in all of them. The point of this particular parable is that the woman comes to the unjust judge every day, Demanding justice, demanding justice. And eventually, not because the judge sides with her, not because he thinks her case is right, but because of her persistence, the unjust judge acquiesces to her request. What's going on here is an analogy, just not an allegorical one. The Jewish rabbis widely used a form of argument known as call Vahomer, call Vahomer. It means something like light to heavy or minor to major. This type of argumentation reasons if the lesser had this or that property, then the major must undoubtedly have it as well. In this case, the argument works like this. If an unjust judge can be swayed by the persistence of the widow... How much more so can God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, be swayed by the persistent prayers of His people? Let me give a more personal example. I'll probably pay for this later, but that's okay. 
I know you all think Anna and Joshua are perfect angels. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes they do act up. Not, not very often, but on occasion. I know, I know it's shocking. And when they do, one of our forms of discipline that we use in our house is to turn off the internet on their devices. Now let me tell you what happens when we do this. It doesn't happen immediately, but eventually, because the kids know that I'm the keeper of all things internet-related, they come to me like the persistent widow, and they beat me down (laughs) by their pleading, their pleading to have the internet back. Usually, I stay strong for a little bit, but eventually, because I've got work to do, or I just want to relax, and I can't do either of those with those two voices begging their hearts out for their devices to work again, I'll turn the internet back on just so they'll stop bothering me. They'll stop coming and pleading their case. And you all know just how stubborn I can be. This this over... There you go. This overcoming of something that I've decided by their constant pleading is not easily accomplished, but eventually, like Luke says of the unjust judge, they beat me down. And as funny as it might sound, that's the attitude that we should have towards God when we think about prayer. Not because he's an unjust judge and not because he's a stubborn father, but because if an unjust judge and a stubborn father can be swayed by continual pleading, how much more so our Heavenly Father who loves us and wants to give us all good things. Our Heavenly Father wants you to come to him perpetually always and to plead your case to make your request known now about today we are having this combined service because we have a quarterly meeting following shortly after this is not a decision making meeting this will be primarily an information providing meeting your vestry And various committees have been thinking about and praying over the recommendations of Horizon Stewardship. The executive summary that Horizons provided to us will be made available to all of you before the meeting. And Jimmy is going to walk through that document and give you all an update about where we currently stand. There's two goals for this meeting. The first is to provide you all with the information that we Received to give you an update on where we are. We don't want anyone to feel like anything is being done in the dark or in the shadows. I have enough of that in my life currently, and we certainly aren't going to do that here. But the second goal relates directly to our reading this morning. I've asked you all before, and I am asking you again, please be praying fervently, always, passionately, about the future of this church, not because our church is in jeopardy, 
but because we want to make sure that in every decision, the big and the small, we are seeking the Lord's will and asking both for His Holy Spirit to lead us and for God to give us the faith to walk wherever the Spirit leads. I hope it goes without saying that I expect you to be praying whether I ask you or not. Prayer is a fundamental part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you feel like you don't know how to pray, or if you're struggling in your prayer life, or if you just want to go deeper, come talk to me. Talk to some of our prayer warriors. I can point you in their direction. And we can talk to you about prayer, how to get started, how to grow deeper in this beautiful time with our Heavenly Father. So while it's, it's my expectation that, that you'll all be praying whether I ask you or not, I'm aware that what I haven't done well is consistently encourage you in this and direct you to resources about praying for our church. A couple months ago, Mary Lou Hayes created a three-page document with scripture, scripture verses and prayers for our church. I hope all of you know what I'm talking about. We printed it. It was in the back. I hope all of you took it home. I hope you're all using it. In case you're not, I've printed it again, and we've stapled it to that executive summary that we're going to pass out. Because for me, those two documents go hand in hand. It's not just information, but we want you to be praying about the information in that summary. I want to quickly bullet point each of the petitions Mary Lou invites us to pray in this document. The first one is pray that our entire congregation would be deeply committed to seeking God in prayer. Pray that our church body will worship, adore, and praise God in spirit and truth. Pray that our church members would dedicate themselves and their families to becoming mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Pray for our clergy and vestry members as they lead and guide our church and seek God's direction for St. Dunstan's. Pray for unity of purpose within our church body. Frankly, I was going to make my own document for this, but why? She nailed it. These are exactly what we should be praying for our church, and I'm asking you to stay after this service, attend our quarterly meeting, take that document home with you, and make it a part of your daily prayer life. But, actually, I'm going to ask you for even more. I'm going to ask you not just to join me in prayer, but in setting aside one day a week as a special day of prayer and fasting. One day a week, not forever, but from now until November 17th. November 17th is the date of our November vestry meeting at which certain decisions will have to be made. To be clear... Fasting is not expected for anyone for whom it would endanger their health, 
And traditionally, fasting doesn't mean full abstinence from food and water. For example, Roman Catholics say this. When fasting, a person is permitted, I love this, is permitted at least to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. Uh, I'll let you figure out that math, right? I'm not going to dictate to you how you fast, but I am asking you to join me in fasting and prayer for this church every Friday between now and November 17th to set aside that day each week as a day of fasting and prayer, specifically prayer for our, our church and for wisdom and faith for our leadership. I am more and more convinced that wisdom and faith have to be held together at all times. I hope you'll use Mary Lou's handout to pray for our church, but even if you don't, Remember, as funny as it might sound, when you're coming to God with these petitions about our clergy and about the future of our church and the health of our church, I want you to remember Anna and Joshua pleading for their internet on their devices to be turned back on. Pleading, just pleading like their lives depended on it. Because if their stubborn grumpy father can be beaten down by their constant pleading and the desperate looks on their cute faces, then surely our Heavenly Father, who wants all good things for his people and the best for this church, will hear our prayers and answer them. Amen.